0: And welcome to the American Scouser Podcast I am your host as always Timuchin. on a nice Kind of a windy but decent Chicago evening Over here uh, The trio is back We're in full force this week As with us, the usual trio But let's introduce anyway Galley is with us Galley, what is happening?
1: Hey guys, uh, doing good Massachusetts, okay terrible <laughs> weather Not hear me? Wait, it's good already.
2: Gally in peak form. Oh my god.
0: This is uh, has been a great show start time already. Brian's god, up. I hope
2: galley's not playing it out of the back today. <laughs> Just caught on the ball within three minutes of the show. <laughs> Just kick it away, my man. Uh, Bigler is also with
0: us. What's going on, Bigler? he's he's
2: mad i think he took his ball and went home he's mad at us
0: (laughs) see what you did you just made him mad or he's hoping by the time trivia is over he'll hop back on or something that's probably exactly you were even early today like almost seven minutes before broadcast which you know in american scotter language that's like two hours before going to the airport for a flight
2: Look, I don't I, – we don't need to make that information public. I don't want the bar set too high. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: So while we wait for Galley, let's talk shit about Galley. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, let's do a couple of uh, PSA announcements. and the, Well, I guess PSA would be announced. Uh, so get those out of the way. Uh, you, you might have noticed that the site looks a little off. It's in motion right now, moving from one server to a faster server. So hopefully it should be up and running in full force and a lot faster in the next couple of days here at least it's still there because as of this morning it was not there but the files are trickling in kind of like you're like recycled being going from one side to the other slowly so hopefully by the end of this week we should be in full force and we're hoping like it's going to be a lot faster There's little tweaks here and there uh as well oh there he is there yeah. he is What's up, Galley? We're just talking shit about you. Um, hey, he just
2: went. He just went to get a beer. I know. Thank God you
1: well, put on it the, the best part is. <laughs> the best part is is that I was literally having to sit through our little prep match like ten minutes of awkward silence, and then realized like right at the end we were talking and I could hear fine. I went to adjust the volume up, dropped completely, couldn't hear shit. So knew quickly you would come right to me, which is how all these fine performances start um but uh quickly did what every it professional would tell you to do which is turn it off and turn it back on and uh i could hear you again so ridiculous but um yeah we're here
0: Hey, Welcome. Technology is a bitch. We, th- we, we thought you ran out of uh, beer or something. Gali thought your controller died. I mean, uh Mateusz thought your controller died, but but buddy, the good news is you made it just in time yeah. over here. So let's talk about a miss. This trivia over here. BJ is not able to join us this week. Uh, so that's the uh, bad news. Uh, the good news is I have the trivia questions submitted by BJ and even worse news for you guys is I have made it a bit more challenging than what he had uh, just because you guys give him some compliments on the fantasy show over here. Uh, he was kind of going easy on you guys. So, let's do this because uh, that shit don't work on me because I still have Cancelo, I think, starting for my fantasy team. <laughs> so, I know I'm not getting any goddamn compliments. Uh, so, the top three substitute appearances for the season. Uh, number, top three, number of substitute appearances for the season. Which players are the top three in terms of coming off the bench? Bigler, before we go into the answers, any question, any follow-up questions that you have, this will be the time to ask them.
2: No uh, country of origin or pronunciations or anything like that. I'm understanding. Okay, sounds good.
0: Uh okay, well, what is your freaking answer
2: then? <laughs> uh I'll go Milner. Uh Harvey. Um uh, Darwin.
0: Okay. Not too shabby. A for efforts. Uh, Matush says Harvey, Millie, uh, Alan says Cate. Uh, he is totally out. Alan uh, <laughs> is out of the pocket, scrambling.
1: Uh, Gally, what do you what have? T- what is happening? Um, <laughs> you might want to turn some back off. <laughs> yeah, that's great stuff right there. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Harvey and Millie as well. And then, hmm. I'm gonna say Bobby. Hmm.
0: And another shocking week. Is this like a streak of some sort? But yeah, Dickler that's what I'm talking is... about. Bickler <laughs> gets it dead on. Uh, so Miller is top with 18. Uh, right Makes behind sense. is 16 appearances. Is Harvey. Um, and actually, he has had... And then the third is actually tied, but I will give Bickler partial credit, is Darwin and actually Carvalho uh, with 10 each. And then afterwards, there are like five players there. Jane Milner actually has had 10 starts, 18 subs, a 1,000 minutes. Uh, while Elliot has 20 starts, 16 subs, uh, 1,863 minutes there. So, but... Bickler again on a hot streak on trivia. I don't know what the hell is going on. I thought it was just becoming too easy. That's probably what it is. I might have to take the questions over again. But uh, Carvalhos came all in August and September. So I think so. And then he got a couple of starts and then we never heard from him again. We barely knew you. Uh, so he's been missing in action. I don't know. We'll talk about that a little bit. I think this if we're going to see more of him. Probably Wednesday would be the day, I would think, especially with like another weekend game coming up right after. Uh, Bickler and I were talking uh, about, you know, kind of like bypassing the entire Palace game. Bickler was going to give a TED talk about different types of beer and what kind of glasses to use. I was going to share a couple of my favorite Turkish recipes and how to make them at home, just like a Turkish restaurant quality. But no, Galley says we gotta talk
2: Liverpool. So
0: we have to we have to talk about Liverpool, Dickler. Sorry. And
2: uh, sorry to the audience. <laughs> you get to miss yeah, out. I thought for a minute when to we me- lost Galley, we were gonna be off on our like, you know, we're just gonna hey. turn under the we gonna turned into the Ellen show if Galley hadn't come back.
1: It's fair. That's a very fair point. But but also to be fair, we had five people on before we went live today and my bet is that isn't because they didn't watch saturday's match and weren't as disgusted as the three of us with how it unfolded so though i don't think we need to break down players specifically because i think we can say they were all shite um probably have to at least address somewhat of the elephant in the room which is damn it kind of is a fucking chore to watch this football team
0: Yes, it is. It was definitely painful. Uh, Another, actually, we were kind of doing some public service announcements while you were uh, rebooting over there. But uh, another one is actually kind of goes with this whole, like, my entire Saturday, at least, uh, where Fanarbach actually played the earlier game early in the morning. And with the earthquake back home and stuff like that, this is the first game they were back. Um, I thought it was, like, really nice to see pretty much kind of Made my day, I guess. And then it just went crashing afterwards when I was watching Crystal Palace game. But um like the players came out, no sponsor name. Everybody had like a city name on the back uh, before the game. The game actually started late. Uh, all the fans threw their like scarves and beanies and hats and stuff like that onto the field. So you got to figure, you know, 55,000 people. So that took some time to collect. Uh, they did like kind of like a moment of silence thing for the first four minutes. All they were chanting was for cities. They didn't chant anything about the game and stuff. So a lot of nice gestures there And the next day after actually on the Tash game. Uh this time they had toys, so all the fans were throwing down their toys. So that game started late, obviously, too, because they awesome. had to think of like 40, 50,000 teddy bears and stuff like that to be sent to Southeast Turkey. Uh which brings us to we talked about it this morning in the breakfast show, too. Uh, as American Scouts, obviously, me originally from Turkey, I did want to kind of like get something going in terms of sending some help, uh, because it is disastrous. And I don't know, like if you guys watch any of the footage and obviously i watch probably more than anybody else but it kind of like makes your heart hurt. that's probably like the best way i can explain it it's just like a pain as you watch it and um so uh discussed it with all the contributors and stuff like that so we are doing a fundraiser to go towards it uh special thanks to anfield shop who's going to be working along with us on that project uh we're going to have a silent auction as well we have some stuff being donated by both from contributors as well as some from like outside uh liverpool artists and stuff like that so uh more Details to come on that, but um that was probably the Saturday morning part was that was kind of like the highlights, and then the palace game started. Bittler, what the heck is going on? I mean, I even was telling my brother before the game started, it feels like I was telling Matush this morning, too. It's like a box of chocolates every time you watch Liverpool. Now you don't know what the fuck is gonna come out, and if it's gonna be a flavor you like, or you're gonna look for a space to spit it out this was the spit in the garbage variety.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it, when you're in the middle of that match, you're thinking this is just a, a sheer battle between two mid table teams. Like that's what it looked like. And like, I, I was like trying to think about like what this reminds me of. And I'm just like, man, dude, are, are we Chelsea without the depth? Like, I mean, we look like a team full of strangers. Like we look Chelsea. like a, like, like for real, like we look like we just transferred in 12 dudes that have never played together before. And it's, I know, I mean, part of that is true. I just think this team in general, I mean, we've said the same things for weeks now, but I think that like this team was resurrected through the spine between Allie all the way up to Firmino and the parts are all broken in between. when I mean, we look at like from Allie to Virgil van Dyke to Fabinho, I mean, I, I will main, I will die on the hill that we never got the same Virgil back post Pickford, and I think that like when I, I, and then we look at Fabinho, I don't think anyone saw that type of drop off with him, and I think between the drop off and Virgil and the drop off of Fabinho and not having Bobby, like I just think that spine is completely broken, and and it's it used to be the sum of its parts, and now it's just parts.
0: Yeah, and then aside from, I mean, that the spine is like, a, I think it's like a perfect point because it is missing. And I, Van, I do agree with the Van Dyke thing. We got Van Dyke back, a very good center back still, but not the, the world's best center back that can carry an entire back line on the shoulders. with like, I got this kind of a thing. I mean, it's basically a solid center back who can't ex- exactly cover up for everybody else now in that back line. But Gali, like, I mean, aside from that, it just feels like across the entire field, the lack of confidence is oozing all over the place. Just the way, how timid we are, how we are on the ball, trans, Mat, handle. I mean, you look at, I mean, I'm not even imagining freaking Keita. Uh, so, uh, I mean, God. players who are Please. almost like afraid to make a mistake or just waiting to see when the fuck is something going to go wrong.
1: Yeah, so I, I, I'll i just start with this. I got up Saturday morning and went to work. Actually drove to the office and worked for six hours. Got home and got home and literally looked at Kelly about half hour in and was like, I should have just stayed at fucking work. It was better working on a Saturday than watching that. <laughs> because I put in more effort to get back home to get ready to watch the match than they put in to like actually like put in a performance. And... The play was so poor, and and from areas like Trent, you know, we all focused on Cato, rightfully so. He was just abysmal, right? Like, he put in a one performance. If we did ratings still, Bickler, I would expect, like, a solid one for for Cato. Like, it might be the first ever actual American scouser one, and then that might have even been rounding up for him. I think that's probably Um,
2: generous considering the fact that if you take him off the pitch, we might have been better. Yeah, we probably would have played with 10 and we would have had more space. There would have been more space and everything would have worked better on his side. So
1: um, right now you see the drop off in specific players. But for me, I think what's hardest for me is is watching Henderson because he almost I mean, on Saturday, I'm not going to say all the time because I was crediting him for his 15 minutes of sub performance like two weeks ago where he came in and changed everything. But on Saturday, he looked like a dog that had to get put down. Because he didn't, I'll be honest, he looked like he should be captaining Sunderland trying to help them get back up instead of captaining Liverpool trying to get to the top four. He, He was really, really slow. He was really labored. And he almost looked like he wasn't even able to lead the guys because... And for me, that jumped out at me from that performance. I thought Henderson had a real, real rough day at the office, and it just proves he can't play two or three times in a week, even if one of those is a substitute appearance and the other is a start. He genuinely needs a lot more rest, and we did that to him. So, you know, more credit to him for giving it to us. But that jumped out at me from that match without, like, blaming a specific play. It was just his overall play, or lack thereof, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, everybody's talking about, like, the free kick that he got in the way of and stuff like that. But, I mean, really, that's an accident, I'm not... Yeah, I mean, if that specific incident... I saw it all over the internet. I'm like, if that's what you're taking away from the game, man, you don't know what the hell you're watching. Because, I mean, I think you were right there. It looks like a mid-table match with, you know... Man, both these teams are not going anywhere. And I think we're in the... Kind of like, that's what I thought was really devastating about the whole Real Madrid game, was the fact that you had two wins in a row... And it feels like, I mean, it almost feels unrealistic that these guys went from being real good players to what we are now, aside from a lot has to, I, to, for me, a lot has to do with confidence, not only confidence in themselves, but at the same time, the opponent too. Nobody is afraid of this team anymore, whereas the last three, four years, Nobody wanted to play us. Nobody wanted a piece of us. I mean, what was that stat that anybody who played us the week after, they always lost and stuff like that. So, like, you know, that was – but none of that is there anymore. And that Real Madrid game, even if we didn't go, you know, to the next round, I thought if it was a decent score, maybe we would build on that momentum or is that still being too optimistic this shit is going to be up and down all year?
2: Yeah, I'll take that one. Uh, I, you know, I, I honestly think this just this team just is what it is right now. I mean, I think people think that this is a team that's gonna like somehow get enough healthy bodies back and turn the corner, and I don't think that. I just think it's too fundamentally broken, and I think there there needs to be it needs a major uh, overhaul. I mean, we can get into the specifics of that, but I think I just honestly believe that this team is what it is, and that's simply because it can't reproduce what the system demands of it anymore. And Mm. the system hasn't changed. No. How about you,
0: Gally? I mean, is it just, I mean, it feels like this is what we're going to have. One week we're going to be like, oh, wow, that was like the good old days. And then the next week is going to be like what we just had.
1: Yeah, well I mean good news is we only got to play that one more game in Madrid and then we can only worry about <laughs> one competition. I mean, I hope that we have a Barcelona like <laughs> moment and then please I will we can clip this shit and play it back and make fun of Galley when they move on and I'll be smiling fucking ear to ear. Um but I'll be shocked if that happens obviously with the way this team's playing. So at this point I think you have to focus on and I that was that other kind of topic, right? Like what do we expect going forward? Because if we if we absolutely try to claw our way into the top four, playing the same 11 week after week and riding guys till more guys get hurt and rushing guys back, like as soon as Diaz is back, we're trying to push him back into the lineup and get him to score goals and create and be the savior. To Paul's point, it's not going to work. And two – I'm not sure that we'll be successful getting top four. So it really comes down to, you know, we're really, really consistent at being poor. And I think right now we're just
0: consistently inconsistent, if you will. Yeah, Uh, but we we haven't
1: been we haven't even really been good. Yeah, for any short stretch of time that we could actually say like, but there was that period like we can all go back and tell you that three match period where we got one out of nine points on offer that if we had just got four, we could have got seven with a couple goals or if we got those wins against Forrest and Leeds. Remember going into the World Cup? Yeah, we said that
2: for fucking three weeks.
0: Yes. And, and now we realize, at us. yeah, I mean, it was not – because at the time it felt like, hey, we just got to get past this and that when we come back, everything's going to be great. But obviously, and it's the same thing happening right now. While new guys are coming in, other guys are getting injured. So you're never going to have, like, everybody healthy and go. I mean, here's the thing, and this is what, you know, when we talk about do we keep going for top four or do we see what we have on hand so we determine, like, what to do in the summer – But I almost feel like, is it fair to evaluate any player right now, Bickler, with what else they're surrounded with and the environments and
2: the form of everybody around them? Probably not. And I think – I will tell you this. I think if you're going – I think you have to go for top four no matter what until you're mathematically out of it just because of the sheer finances of the EPL where each single place is worth seven and a half million pounds essentially – and just straight revenue, not, not including like the television revenue they put on top of it. And I just think that like, you have to go for top four Your eggs, have to be in that basket. And I think between substitute appearances in the squad throughout the course of the entire year, I think you've probably seen what you need to see throughout the year in training. You know, I mean, I know that match speed is different, but I think that you probably seen enough. And honestly, like, let's just be real. If we look at the squad, there's enough easy decisions to make off the gate where you can you can just shave that fat off and then start making some more difficult ones. But there's plenty of easy shit we got to sort out first.
0: So do you take those wrist galley and like play certain players more to see what you get out of them in the long run at least? Or you got to still... I, I'm trying to compare it to the year where Ali came in with the header and then, you know, we made it to the Champions League and then almost, you know, getting in, let us almost win it at the end and lost in the final. But it just feels like so different scenarios. That other team just had the drive and it just could not sometimes make it happen and get that goal and stuff. I just don't see the same drive and belief. Like that team believed in itself and you could kind of see it. They were just frustrated that despite believing in themselves, it just wasn't happening. I look at this team. I don't think they even believe it themselves. They're almost waiting to see what is going to go wrong. When is something going to go wrong and we're going to be in the shit again?
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you 100%, which is I, I'm with Paul. You have to go for top four. I never said don't go for top four. I think the idea is, is at what point, where are all of your, I'm not, Diaz is part of the long-term future, in my opinion, right? He, he's a big part of the future, maybe even the building block right now of the offense from what we saw. Now, I don't think you can expect crazy things from him between April, May, and June when he comes back, and I think that the injuries coming back from him is a major one, and I would hate to see him have another setback or have a Jota-like setback that puts him you know, into not being fully fit for training camp with the rest of the side when we regroup for next year. Right. So yeah, I think you have to figure out a way to work without him. Now I think that's also part of why they bought Gakpo is I think they know Diaz is not going to be a big part of the rest of this year. So do you have to figure out what's going to happen on the right-hand side of the midfield? I think you do. So I think we see a lot more Harvey Elliott. I do the rest of the way. I think that we're going to have to figure that out. I think Trent is the million dollar question. Because I think Trent needs to be replaced. He's not one of the best 11 players at Liverpool right now. But we still roll him out there every single week. And I think we're doing more damage to the kid than we are helping him. Because right now it's not getting fixed on the pitch. Because that was a scary first 45 minutes for Trent.
0: So, okay, before I go back to Bill, let me ask you this then. On that note, because you said basically we shouldn't risk Diaz and like rush him in too early. And I agree, because unless, you know, we go on a streak and it's within reach or whatever, that's a different scenario. We don't anticipate that happening as of now. But let me ask you this, for example Nunez, do you stick the needle in his shoulder and trot him out there? Because we do have to win these games. That's our only shot for the top four. Or do you say, well, let's give this Carvalho kid another rotation over here. For example, just to throw I,
1: name I mean, if if Nunez can figure out a way to play tomorrow or Wednesday, he should be starting Wednesday. Like, I think we saw firsthand that we need Nunez playing against Crystal Palace. He makes a lot of the problems happen that then create the few opportunities we get to score and open play in front of goal. So I, I I just for me, I think the players have to be trying to play. I just don't think you're rushing players that are long term plans Back into the fold And I think that's similar I think you make sure that Canate Is fully fit to end the season Like I think to Paul's point There are probably only Eight total players on the entire Roster that are guaranteed Big pieces of This organization, this club Moving forward And one of those is a huge Fucking question mark in Trent And he's one of the eight Like we're down to that few at this point that I think you have to protect them and hope you get a couple good performances out of random people between now and the end of the year and a bunch of other clubs fall the wayside and you find your way into a top four where your goalie can head one in with two weeks to go and you find a way to get in. Like we're going to have to get lucky, right? It's going to be other clubs having absolute collapses to just bring us back into the fold. But I think we can't do it at the risk of Canate, Diaz, Jota, you know, Darwin. It's scary to say these things and not say all the names I love so much. But those are really the guys that this is really about. Maybe Virgil and Trent. And that's... I mean, honestly, if you had any
0: kind not of consistency, it's not like – I mean, we're talking – we only have 23, so what? We have another, like, 15 games left, right? Uh, so, I mean, five points is really nothing within 15 points, but 15, uh, 15 games, but this team does not give you that feeling that you're like, yeah, we just gonna need a run because that run comes and goes. You're going to have one game where Henderson plays like Henderson. That midfield is going to, you know, tick. And then Mo is going to score, Nunes is going to score, we win. Next week, it's going to be more of what we saw this week. So I guess in terms of, let's start with Trent's, because, you know, Gali brought it up, Bickler. What would you want to see done with Trent's moving forward? I think it's just already crushing him when Milner is playing right back for him to finish off games. That it can't be a good sign for Trent's moving forward.
2: I This is the hardest question in the entire squad right now because the entire system is built around this kid. It, it really is. The entire system is built around the fact that he can play a diagonal ball on a needle at 75 yards. And, like, very few players in the entire world can do that from that position. Um, and, you know, we talked about two matches ago how he made the case against playing in the midfield within 20 minutes, this first 20 minutes of the match. We're so good. Like he made the case for why he is the way the system's designed. The problem is, is that system is predicated on the protection that the midfield allows for for that position in the system. And to your point last week, where w- this team only goes as far as its midfield, and the midfield only goes as far as Henderson, yeah. and that's that's the problem, right? So I think the real problem is, is that you're you have a system built around a piece that's broken because the parts around him don't allow him to do what he needs to do. Now I will say that. And I will also say, I'm not letting him completely off the hook in this situation because he's an absolute mental mud puddle right now in the, in the way that Mm -hmm. he like is failing to do things that you learn to do when you are six years old playing the sport, like in terms of turning balls into the middle when he's got an outlet on the outside in terms of just fundamentally just losing the awareness of where he is on the pitch, like really simple things. But I think that Trent is one of those people that is, I don't know that Trent's as mentally strong as I would want him to be. I think that's what we've learned with him. I mean, I think he is the consummate professional for somebody his age that's been put in his position. And I think he handled the England thing like a pro. And I think it really, really hurt him. And I think that coupled with the just decline of this team around him and in and, and really his position being the sort of pivot for how that team plays, I think all those things have culminated into a player who just mentally is broken right now. And so it's hard for me to say, and I say this is the toughest part of figuring out this squad the rest of the year because you you need that magic that he brings but you also this isn't a team that can come back from a goal down as easily as it used to so the mental mistakes and the mistakes he makes on the other side of the ball it's almost like you'd rather have a a, like a well-rounded four back and a full back and move to a traditional back four and, and figure out another way to get movement and creativity out of the mids into the front line because you can't it's a, you need the, the, that part needs to be that is a leak in the ship that has to be damned at some point. Mm. So I don't I don't have a good answer. I mean I just muddied it even further. But I, I think no, I think it's a combination of trying to start him in the right spots and then knowing when to r- rip the cord on the parachute. But I you know like we did this in the summer. We were all excited about it. finally James Milner wouldn't have to play right back. And then we have got this Ramsey kid that basically had a fractured back at his medical, like, so, and then ankle problems. And, like, I don't know. I know he's playing, but I don't know where he is. So, I mean, it's it's not as easy as just ripping the cord on Trent either in terms of depth. And that's, that's also something that we just failed collectively to do.
0: I think the good point is, like, I think we all – kind of like underestimated the effect of the world cup and what would he would have on him aside from dealing with the form of the entire squad around him, and like you're saying like him being an important part of the attack as a whole i mean you know fans were like good Southgate doesn't know shit come back and prove him wrong you know like oh come back and play good he won't get hurt he won't get tired and stuff but to a kid his age and you know one of his dreams you know being in that World Cup and wearing that jersey and stuff like that, uh, it has to be crushing. And it feels like it, he never recovered from it. And obviously, if he came back in good form, it's probably a lot easier to recover from it because it's almost like, you know, vindication that, you know, you did deserve to play blah, blah, blah. But when you play poorly, it almost like culminates it and it just adds on top of it. So, Galli, like, what would you like to see? Because I guess my issue is you almost – to me you almost have to have him play through it because at the same time if we're going to put Harvey in there and see how he's fitting and stuff like that it's important to see how he's fitting with Trent ultimately otherwise there's no point it's not really a good test for Harvey in terms of being able to do that role
1: yeah I I mean now we've we've seen a lot of Trent with Harvey so we have an idea it's not like it's a brand new player and we're like oh, oh but yeah. if we sit trend for a little bit what will happen what well what about Harvey it's like what about the kids Agnes but in in like the real the like the real real part I of it came that, out like, of nowhere. <laughs> it did it did that's that's how you know I'm this oh, spy, man, man. I, I, I I I'm this is my thing with Trent I think we just saw I I might have mentioned this I think on the pod with you guys or in passing in Discord this is what what united supporters just saw with sancho right the kid was distraught about missing the world cup he was having a terrible season to start you know like everyone else couldn't find his way at man U with ronaldo there he was mentally in the shitter and ten hog was like yeah you you, you're not good in the head you got to go figure yourself out he sent him to holland he worked out with all these like sports psychologists and all these different people and he got right Got a little confidence, and he slowly integrated him back into the side. And now he looks like the player they paid all the money for. And they can kind of see it. We Trent needs that type of mental break, in my opinion. Like, he needs a week or two away from starting. Match. We can't afford to do it. And that's, yeah. to Paul's point, it's all built around him, and we don't have any cover because Ramsey, you know, to Trevor's concept, right? Dude's basically a hologram. And when you do see him in the real life person, he's on a medic's table. Um and Paul. What if Calvin playing- Ramsey
2: is Ben Davies?
1: I was just Being going to say works. that is Ben Davies coming back. <laughs> ben Davies has more minutes played this year for Rangers or Celtic or whatever freaking team in Scotland he's on than the freaking Scottish kid at Liverpool. Because yep. he hasn't made a senior appearance yet. And He's now out on, like, a long-term knee injury because he blew out his knee in, in a youth match. So he's literally – we're not going to see him probably, they say, till like, the middle of next season. So he's no. really, really hurt, and it's just – it's brutal. So we're probably out looking for – you know, we talked about this earlier, Miller right? When extension
2: poor... incoming.
1: <laughs> How did I yes. miss
2: this? That's insane. I completely missed that. That is wild. Yeah,
1: no, he got – he's on a long-term injury. Poor yeah. kid oh. had a picture of him with, like, a big knee – brace laying in a hospital bed like this it's going to be the history of it like he never had a lean ceremony because to paul's point he went to lean and they realized that he had broken vertebrae in his back so they were like well no picture on the on the uh liverpool lean for this guy right but we'll get him soon enough and then they got like five pictures of him in like hospital beds with
2: like casts on i just there's don't know I don't, like have i have so the- many questions like how do you get a new player and you do a medical and there's like broken vertebrae and you're like yeah, you know, did we is the price final? Did we already like like well, they felt we the get, like us, we're missing? How going much down. do we how much <laughs> out, do we ask off? Like 50% off? Or like I I think the biggest thing that I would
1: say to mention to your whole point, like quick answer on Trent is is he's gonna have to play through this, but I think that Jurgen has to seriously think about starting some matches with Milner from the jump. Because to Paul's point and to your point, I think what you do is is with Tiago out, you can let Andy fly down the left-hand side. And maybe you try to create the synergy with him creating more from the left-hand side and asking that right-sided defender to hang back. Because it's, it's weakening both Gomez and Matip. Because they look like they're on roller skates because they don't look like they trust that their right-back is ever going to be in the right position. And I think everybody's been made weaker by that whole entire right side of the field. And maybe it has a little to do with why Mo, even though early in the year we were also mad at him being wide, maybe it's why he's just not getting the ball as much in offensive positions where he's able to create space to make areas for him to run then behind. And that's what we saw Bobby do so well. But if we had one positive, you know, cause Gally always looking for positives. Um, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, no, I I thought, I thought Gakpo had like his fourth or fifth, like really good performance in a Liverpool shirt, like in a row. And I think we're starting to see a little bit of the player. And as much as he is a left winger and he says, I'm a left winger, like to play on the left wing. I understand why he's playing through the mid middle of the pitch because we all talk about Carvalho and all these things. He has some of the qualities that Bobby has with dropping deep and linking up play, and he has a good first touch, and he turns even better because he's so goddamn fast. So I can understand why Klopp is enamored with him playing through the middle. Um, so for me, that would be like my one positive before we jump off the match is like Gakpo actually looks like there could be something lethal lethally built here at Liverpool. And that would be a steal at that money. So that's good work.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, that's the problem. It's h- kind of hard to evaluate people when there's mess around them at the same time. That's why it's kind of like puts us in a bad situation. Brian says Matipor Gomez on the right side is killing us. I really feel like we're killing Matipor Gomez uh, way too much and blaming them for the right-hand side when... I mean, finally now people are realizing like the whole trans situation, but at the same time we're realizing that that midfield was covering that right-hand side. It was never going to be. You can't have a center back cover all the way from their area to the sideline. It's just not possible. And we do not even do that on the other side. So even Van Dijk doesn't do it. How do we expect? And there you go. See, Allen already has it lined up. I'm going to play center back. And Gomez, if honestly, as long as it's not Trent on my right-hand side, I should be able to cover that area center would, yeah,
1: If up. I were you, I'd prefer Milner over there. He's going to work harder than Gomez <laughs> is to cover your ass. And maybe I will look fast because I am playing next to Milner.
2: <laughs> I won't look
0: as slow running next to Gomez or something like that.
2: Yeah, it's like I, me I, saying I'm like, going to play next to Milner and look thin. Come on. <laughs>
0: No, there's a lot of people that would make him look thin, uh, But, <laughs> and hence the diet over here, people. Hence all these pie chars we've been doing. But, I mean, that's my thing. I feel like the right-hand side, the midfield was covering it, and it can't cover it. And that's why we always talk about, you know, like the importance of Henderson. When Henderson is not himself, we lack over there, Bickler, because, A, kind of like what Galley was talking about, I think he gets the ball to Mo a lot faster. So Mo gets the ball with a lot more space to use. And B, he enables Trent to play, maybe push up front more freely or be more courageous, knowing somebody is covering him. But when you get the average handle, even the average handle is not good enough to be able to kind of fix that right hand side. Because let's face it, we always had more kind of stay up, like the left hand side would come back like Mane and like Diaz, we always kept Mo as like that single player up top. It's not a coincidence that Ali is always kicking these two Mo. He's the guy that kind of stays up. So that really, the entire right-hand side, you're kind of leaving to your right-side midfielder and Trent, who's usually up top anyway.
2: So
0: I, I feel like that's Yeah, I and I think
2: the Palace game was a mess too because – like Naby started centrally in that mix, which didn't make sense to me at all. Then he just to the right, and he's playing primarily right, which is not as natural. Like he, I've never liked him over there. I, he's always played on the left. So now you've got Naby right, which means you're tucking Hendo back behind because you don't trust Naby to sink back. So what you're doing is you're asking your 37 year old superhero over here on the left to cover a lot of territory. It was just a. It was just a. The whole thing is a mess, but yeah, it does go through that right. And you know, you know, I know that most have the down year, and it's really, really easy to be like, Oh, he's sitting pretty with that fat contract. I thought everything that was dangerous that happened during the Palace game went through Mo. I thought he yeah. was the, I thought he was the, the like, I thought he looked as good as he was when he was scoring 35 goals a year. I, I, I just think that the system is so broken right now that it, it demands. Him to produce magic. And when he, your team's struggling, that pulls you down as well. And I just think he's like got a lot of things to try to hold. Uh, it's just a lot of water to bail with a spoon for him right now.
0: And it's not like when Mo was scoring all these goals, like his conversion percentage was not like double the next guy closest to him. He was up there, but he was definitely not the top in like Europe, leave on the Premier League. No. So it's just a matter of getting more chances. And I think it's worse when a striker, I mean, Bickler, you can probably attest to this as a striker more. I mean, you know, if you know you're going to get more chances, you stress less over the chance you get because there's For another sure. one coming right behind it. Of course. The more Absolutely. you're like, this is the only one, is when things get jacked up and you kind of force it, get underneath a little bit, and that's all it takes. Uh, so Galley, obviously Wednesday's game is coming up now. You would think with the United game coming over the weekend, I- even though it is Sunday, so we just still have like a big gap in between, what do you expect to see after this Palace debacle? I want to get the Wolf expect- team that's
1: starting to score. Yeah, I would expect some rotation. I mean, but only because he rotated out and the players that he rotated didn't really work. And I think he has to – I mean, I don't know how much closer Kanate is. The minute Kanate can play, you know, him and Virgil need to just start playing every match together, and you have to hope to create something, in my opinion, at the back that gives you some form of stability to build up. Um, So – Maybe Kanate back if he's in full training and and is available. If not, probably Matip um, back there with Van Dyke and and I just think that you 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 guys mentioned Carvalho. I just feel like he hasn't started a match since I think it's December twenty eighth or something like that. Like the and I just don't know that you just put a guy like that back in to start. In any situation. I hope Darwin is available. If not, I think it's time Bobby gets a start. It's time yeah. Jota gets run out and you know, you just work with those four. So midfield wise, it's Bashitic and Fab and
2: whoever else you want to slot in. Maybe Elliot, maybe who do you have, Bickler? Uh, I think Badge I will get in just because he didn't. I mean, he substitute in, but he didn't get to start last match. I think he's gonna play um, in this one. Um, God, dude, I could uh, Harvey makes sense here too, but then that's a lot of inexperience in the midfield for what Klopp usually likes to put out. He usually doesn't put two kids out together. Uh, right. So I think probably maybe Harvey off the bench, but I, God, dude, maybe maybe Milner again. Uh, So, wait, you just said that, and that's why I want to kind of like pick on that. Should
0: we just get rid of that shit now that we're talking about, you know, trying something else and kind of like, you know, the top four? Like, do we get rid of these I don't play two kids anymore thing and play the best you have available in terms of club?
2: In in this case, maybe it could be Baj and Harvey with Fabinho in the middle. Like, I mean. That's uh, what I was thinking. Yeah, I mean, that would make a lot of sense to me if you're going to do that. I would love to see a front three of uh, Jota, Bobby, and Mo. That'd be that'd be tremendous, especially yeah. in a game where, um, I mean, let's be real. They have a uh, they have a better midfield that's not even close. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you could use that additional you could. Use, Bobby gives you an extra body in the mids. Um, so and then, you know, then you're not starting Gokpo off the back of another uh, another 90 minutes. Um, so, I mean, that's probably what I'd like to see.
0: And what I mean, I it goes back to the box of chocolates over here, but Gally, I mean, does this team is it going to be like one week good, one week bad? If that's the case, can we save the good to United? Is that a is that like an option?
1: <laughs> I mean, for Megan, for Megan's sake, since our, our friend and contributor and foe from our friend here from American Scouser, Megan is going to the match, and she was like, I can't believe I'm going to be there next week, and then I was like. Are you at all nervous about going? She's like, of course I'm freaking nervous. This isn't last year. It's United. And that's got to be a nerve-wracking thing. I know that she'll have a great time, and it'll be a great trip, and it'll be a great match, and they'll probably show up and play really well and irritate us, right, when they show up and put in a performance against a big rival because we've seen them do it against United when they've been a much fairer side even than what they are right now. We've seen them put in performances when there was a bigger gap in between the two sides. Um, But there's a very large gap between our two sides right now. So I'm a little nervous about the United match myself. Wolves-wise, I think we can have enough here. I think Paul's right. I think that is the front three. We'll see. I think it'll be Jota, Bobby, and Mo. I think it lines up for it with his rotations. I think Gakpo needs a break, and this is a perfect opportunity to do it. To your point, Timucin, if they don't need to put the needle in, maybe Darwin can come off the bench and create havoc against Wolves. But I really believe Klopp wants to have both of those guys to run at United on Sunday. And if he could, he'd want Darwin and Gakpo starting against United rather than starting against Wolves.
0: I think I would too. And it's kind of like shocking that, you know, comparing the two clubs, I mean, you look at the United game – like just a year ago, it's just almost like you couldn't wait to play them. I'll have to admit, um, first of all, my brother who I've been like, you know, pummeling to death over the last couple of seasons over here with those scores is just itching for action at this point. Um, how concerning is that? Like the, the trajectory when we look at different clubs and where they're headed, we are definitely on the downward spiral and you have United slowly. It almost looks like maybe perhaps they're getting their act right. Oh, it's maybe. How worrying is that? Because I'm fucking I worried. mean, <clears throat> I'm or not. Will the 100%. summer fix that?
2: Let me ask that one. I don't know. Like, I mean, we have to credit to Hog, right? I We've been critical of his decisions early in the year uh, with the Ronaldo situation. He's clearly turned that situation around. I think Ronaldo leaving was addition by subtraction. You couple that with adding in Casemiro, who is obviously a big-time player. And then that lines up with Rashford basically rocketing to the moon um like i think there's just been a lot of pieces that have fallen i think we've seen this before from united it's it, to me it has to do with we don't know how consistent this side is yet right i mean how how long is this sustainable because we've seen i mean remember the year they got second place and they were going to win the league the following year so it, it just i'm not sold that they can sustain this yet
0: how about you, Gally? Where do you stand, though, United? By the way, Alan says you look much better without your 5 o'clock shadow. I don't know what that means. I'm just going to let that float out there. But you Leave the not you, like-
1: shaving
2: to me, Gally, all right?
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Basically tell me not showing up like a ho- homeless man anymore on a Monday night is what yeah, he would st- appreciate. I'm doing your Bickler impression is what he's saying. Yes. <laughs> I guess, You're yes. still
2: divided under the bridge. Just don't try to be something I- you're not, you know what I mean?
1: I'd be totally fine being under the bridge. Shaved. Drinking Guinness from a
2: can. Check out this new grocery cart I got.
1: Yep. Drinking Guinness from a can. Pissing off Irish since, well, the beginning of arguments about Guinness in a can. Um, No, I... uh, I forgot what we were talking about. No, I'm just you're kidding. Talking about
0: United, but uh, no, yeah, I'm you're just kidding. Got... When Alan uh, the complimenting you, you just lost your composure. Go
1: ahead. <laughs> Completely, no, no. I did know where we were going. I didn't want to give United. I'm a little different than Paul. I, I, I'm a little worried. I saw them win a trophy. Um, it's the first one they've won in five seasons. The manager won it in his first season the season that he ran out a legend of the club and he did help run him out. And he is, whether he wanted him there, didn't want him there, was forced to have him there or was embarrassed. He's figured out a way to make a player who a year ago looked like Trent walking through the mud and stuck in his own head to believe he is the best player in the world, because right now he is playing like the best player in the whole world. And, for them to have Rashford doing that Casemiro the defense working as well as it is I mean he's got Luke Shaw playing center back left back getting assists playing well I mean he's got Fred looking like a player like it's it's it is all working for him they signed Ericsson they signed they made smart buys they bring in Sabitzer on loan he immediately starts helping them from day 1 starting key matches the guy looks like he's got a good plan. And, and he took that Jaden Sancho situation and he handled it really, really well from a man management standpoint. And I think that's the biggest thing at a place like United you don't want is a true leader. Ole was a real leader and they loved him. He didn't know fricking how to coach and he didn't know tactics, yeah. which is why they couldn't win. This guy comes from Ajax. He learned how to coach. He knows tactics and it looks like he knows men. And that's that's like a scary proposition when you add in the money that United has behind it.
0: Yeah, let's hope they use that money and really fuck it up uh, by adding pieces that don't fit is I think the hope. Uh, Fred is still as stressed as Brian. I think he's like basically he's been able to use the best out of people. Is it sustainable? We'll see. Because, I mean, you do have... I mean, you name some guys there like Casemiro and stuff like that who are obviously going over the hill next year. It could be like... Uh Fabinho, uh the same Brazilian thing going over there. Yeah, he shot up himself a year later. So you don't, I mean, but definitely their own form. I mean, Rashford's kind of reminds me of what we have with Mo, where like anything he touches turns into gold somehow. It's like that confidence oozing, and he kind of like takes shots that maybe he would not, and they trickle in and go in. So it's the concerning game. I mean, I this is probably the most concerned I've been. They've always had players who could hurt you. But I feel like now they're playing within a system that can also hurt you as well. And they defend smarter than they used to. Whereas they kind of did not have that discipline before. So we could easily pick him apart. So that should be an interesting game. Not looking forward to Sunday in that sense. But uh, since you mentioned that, let's bring this up real quick. So our good old friend Carius uh, played in the final. Played mighty good uh, based on that, I did not personally watch the game. So full disclosure there. Uh, took after that Crystal Palace game, I took the (laughs) day off uh, and did not watch any games after that. But um, where do you stand on that whole curious thing, Bickler? Uh, Because, I mean, like we kind of like talked a little bit about how his performance has really been shit since even outside of Liverpool.
2: Look, I was like super – I remember when we brought him in and he was off the back of like Keeper of the Year in Bundesliga. Like, And I was like – I was super excited about him. You know, obviously high expectations. Uh, I think he was better – I think over his career he was better than the criticism he received Mm -hmm. consistently. And I don't know if that was everybody having the same expectation I did. Um, but I thought on the whole, he played better than he was received. Now, I will say this. I think after the whole uh, Champions League debacle, where he was clearly concussed and that played a part in some major areas that obviously hurt us, I think the lack of self-awareness to go out to California and basically post modeling shots on your Instagram within a couple of weeks of that final, I think just showed to me that like, there's not a lot upstairs in terms of just understanding the optics of the business and the self-awareness. And man, I don't know if he had the right people in his life or, but I would think that somebody would have some sort of guidance and be like, look, we could do this, go get paid. We can go on vacation. Let's go somewhere. Like let's go to the Maldives for a week and a half and cool off for a minute. And then we'll go do this stuff, you know, towards the fall and kick off the next year. I mean, I just, I just feel like he didn't have a lot of guidance in that situation. And I, that was really tough for me to swallow. When I saw that, that really soured me.
0: And I think that's kind of like what he has done to himself. I mean, really throughout, cause he continued the same trend afterwards in Turkey as well. So is he just a good goalie, but just a very naive and poor professional at the end of the day, Galley?
1: I mean, I don't even know if he's a good goalie. I think he's a serviceable professional who has had too much made of his mistakes. I think he had a lot of upside. To Paul's point, I was, I was right there with you, Paul. I was super excited. Thought he looked the part. He was German. Klopp clearly loved him because he like handpicked him. This is my keeper. This is the long-term solution for number one. Like, this is my guy. And it just never worked, you know, from the calamities. And it wasn't just Champions League final. I mean, you had the 4-3 loss from 3-1 up against Bournemouth. I mean, he did everything but pick a ball up and put it in the net. Like, everything you could do. Um, and still look dumbfounded after it happened. Like, how did this happen? Ake still celebrating. Um, but I he had a lot of those moments, right? He had quite a few brain head, bone headed crazy moments. And did it until I see alone. Yeah. <laughs> right. He also had he also had the most clean sheets of any goalkeeper en route to the Champions League final against Real Madrid that he got concussed. He was the best goalie in the Champions League that year because that was his competition. And he threw that won the number one shirt from Minule midway through the season. So like people forget that he actually earned his way to be the number one and was really good leading up to that final, like really good in some key moments. So, you know, do I wish I'd know what it would be like for the young man if he hadn't got, you know, Sergio Ramos and WWE killer hadn't come through and like maybe him and Mo both get through that match. And who knows, maybe we win six there and, you know, Gareth Bale doesn't score and he doesn't roll the ball off Benzema's foot to go up one, nothing. Like you never know what would happen. He might've built himself a nice little career here, but it didn't happen. And then to Paul's point, he embarrasses himself with the Instagram shit. And he's just never been humble enough to be liked. I think everyone wants him to succeed, but no one actually cares enough. I mean, I thought he played well in the final. I watched the match. I don't think either of the goals were his fault. Fucking Paul Robson did everything he could on the broadcast to basically say this was like shite. And the worst performance he'd ever seen, the keeper's doing terrible there. How's he going down? He has no choice but to get low against Rashford there or he has no chance to save it. The ball goes off his defender and it goes over his shoulder. And he's like, should have got a stronger hand, should have stayed up high. You have an agenda. You just want to shit on this kid. It helps your story right now to build up United and build up Rashford. It was an old goal on the defender and they blame the keeper. I mean, I I just there's nothing he could do for either goal. I thought he played pretty well. It's just too bad that did he get man of it.
0: the match? Did I see that right? That he actually got man of the match? Or is that maybe fake from maybe I read that somewhere, new. but it was a social media post, so he could very well not be active.
1: Oh, I'm sure it was I'm sure that's like from the onion. Could be, could be.
0: Uh but I mean, because I saw his stats for the game and stuff, and obviously I saw like the highlights, but I mean, yeah, I think he's done that. I mean, we know the Champions League and how he reacted to it. So you like, man, I really screwed this one up. He did the same thing again in Turkey, and I think that's a good point. That he just does not know when to say, I fucked up, let me lay low, build my confidence. And I almost feel like he's the kind of goalie that's better suited for. I mean, there are some goalies that play really well on poor teams where they have to be kept busy at all times. And I think that's what makes it like, you know, it's rare to have a guy like, Hmm. well, not this season. Allison is kept very busy. But it's harder for those some of those goalies to be not having to do anything for 20, 25 minutes than have a one-on-one and have to make a huge save. And some goalies can do that, whereas some goalies kind of like excel in being in the game and, you know, doing a Fabianski and just like, you know, saving like 25 shots and stuff like that one game so that they're kind of in the rhythm. I feel like he's that kind of goalie. And now Besiktas was not a team like that either. So either this kid is getting like really bad advice. And then on top of that, he's too stubborn to change his way. I, think, like, I, mean, I have nothing just, against the kid.
2: What was that? I was going to say, I just think also he's just uh, a dude. He's a football player, but he, I mean, he he's a, he plays football for a living, but he's not really living football. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, that's like, fair. Yes. Yeah. There's yeah, a lot of these fair. guys. Like
1: at the end of the, and day, there's nothing wrong with them. You, know? you know. There. I know Timuchin, You hate baseball, but it's a funny. It's a funny reference. The when the Red Sox finally won a World Series, right? It was Keith Folk came in was the closer, and everyone in Boston would shit on him all the time because he just didn't take baseball seriously. And finally, one day in an interview, he just was like, "Listen, man, do all of you and people actually love your job i'm really good at playing baseball if i could do anything i'd talk about hockey because dude's from canada and he loved hockey all his life wanted to be in the nhl and wanted to play pro hockey but could throw a baseball and had a great change-up that helped make him an all-time great closer but like it was a great quote because he just called people out on the idea that not every one of them Loves this as much as we do, the same way nobody loves payroll because I don't love payroll. It's just what I gotta do to fucking pay the bills, people. But
0: isn't that weird though? Like, especially at that level, if you don't really have a passion for it, because I mean, it's not just, I mean, let's not talk baseball because I don't know what the hell that is. But anyway, like in any sport, like you have to, apart from having physical skill to be at that top level I mean to be able to be the closer at the freaking World Series and stuff you got to have a lot of professionalism and drive and stuff to keep going at oh. it too it's kind of shocking that he would be able to do that despite not really having a huge passion for the game
1: it just I think it's just the idea that not everybody loves their job that's good at their job like there's a lot of people out there that go to the motions every day cuz that's what they do and that's the money they make or that's what's best for their family and I think in some ways we forget that sometimes that not every one of these guys actually grew up their whole life wanting to be a pro footballer. They might have thought it, but then when they got into it, they were like, "The actual business of this sucks." The fans, the social media, the interviews, the 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 people like Galley, like all of this really sucks. I'm sure, like, yeah. And and I just think it's it's just. It's funny sometimes to think about, and I think Carius is probably a prime example of one of those. He's, a, of he's the dude that really likes photo day. Okay, I mean,
2: not <laughs> doing all the yeah. other shit.
1: I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys saw this, but there was a big announcement. How our old friend Divac made a huge announcement in Milan during Fashion Week, where he yes. announced himself as basically a new designer opening his own yep. clothing line, and said, "No, this is the best part." I rerouted my career to make sure I was here in this moment to make this happen. He basically I said, it, yeah. I, I, worked out, <laughs> I worked out my career to make sure I was here at this time, at this point in my career. Cause this is where I'm going with the next phase of my life. And the people in Milan are like, no shit, man, you showed up and you scored us. You gave us that like, you know, Fort or 17-18 Liverpool Divac that made 38 appearances and scored three goals.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean we knew that was going to happen anyway, right? I didn't like you know, we called that like yeah. months ago, and that's why he was going there that's and good. hey, good for him, man. The guy has won everything and contributed doing it. Uh, is like a cult hero. And then to add to it, he's doing what he has passion for. More power to Divac, living the dream over here. So before we go over here, let's do a quick prediction. This time next week, Monday, two games, six points available. How many are we getting, Bickler? Three. Three. I'm not even gonna they ask that's optimistic. Yeah, I'm not even gonna ask which one is which because you're just gonna depress me. Uh
1: Gally, what do you have? I'm I'm gonna actually say we give him we get four.
0: I'll ask you then. Which one are we getting? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ignore Bickler, but I'll ask you. We're getting one where are we getting three? <laughs> we,
1: we, we get four points because we get a win on Wednesday. And we're lucky to eke out a draw on Sunday. But I do believe, like, the cop will suck one in and late or something. And Megan will have something to at least cheer about as they leave the stadium. Because I, I do believe we're going to show up. And I don't think it'll be like a drab nil nil draw because I don't think these two sides have that in them right now. United's flying. But I think we show up. We get a scored draw. Maybe it's even like a 2 2 crazy drama game. But I, you know, for some reason, I feel like we draw with United. We beat Wolves.
0: Yeah, I say four as well. And my heart says hopefully three comes over the weekend. But I think I go with Gally's prediction. I feel like we you know, drop we any have more like points. Back. And then, yeah, but but I I mean, this is going to be I just don't think it's realistic to expect like a 10 game winning run. We can always dream for it and be optimistic about it, but it just does not seem like it's on the cards or is realistic at the moment. But hey, you never know. Maybe next week, next Monday, when we meet up over here, we'll be talking about how the hell we did we get. Six points, and then we'll start. To, We're back and all that kind of stuff till so that blows up. But until then, let's hope for the six points to even have the conversation. Zero. Thanks to all those <laughs> listening, sharing, liking. Uh, stay tuned for like the fundraiser information as well. And the site should be back up in action shortly, and I will be back with um our Egyptian king, Rami, let's not screw that up, and Golden on Wednesday morning with the morning coffee show. Uh, we'll probably talk up a lot about the game and do some pre-match at the same time. So have an awesome week, everybody. Take care.